I am imperfectly perfect tweet, an expert on nothing with an opinion on all things. Don't box me into your ideas of what you think I should be. We will discuss all things in random fashion. Anticlimactic, causing disappointment at the end of an exciting or impressive series of events. It was anticlimactic to finish the match. Synonyms are disappointing, dissatisfying, disillusioning, pathetic. So, I started out reading this definition because I went into work on June 6th of 2022 and I got up early. Um, I made it into work early. I beat traffic. I um, it was quiet in the workplace. I went into my classroom. I went to my desk and I typed up a one to two word, um, two sentences about me resigning from my position. And I called my boss on the phone and I asked her if. It was okay for me coming back to see her, and as I was walking, I was excited. I was excited and I was nervous, and um, I was, you know, prepared. And I went into the back in her office, and I gave her my resignation letter out loud to read it. And she said, "I understand." I said, "Nothing happened, you know. I just need to leave." And she said, "I understand." And that was it. And so then my other supervisor came in and I in turn informed her that I had gave my boss a resignation. And she said, oh, yeah, I know. She told me. She said, um, I just said, did she at least give us a two week notice? And I'm like, oh, yeah, of course I gave you guys a two week notice. She like, yeah, that's all we asked for. So the point of it all is. Something that was major in my life for me, something that had meant so much to me, something that I had wrestled with for so long, in the end, turned out to be nothing to the people who employed me. Like, they could care less. They had a show to continue, and the show must go on with or without me. Um, My boss didn't, my bosses pretty much didn't say anything to me. The entire two weeks of my remaining time, you know, just basic cordial information. Now, these women typically spoke to me, you know, openly all the time. And on the day that I was to leave, um, the supervisor came in. She's like, well, if we give you the position that you want, will you say? And I'm like, well, yeah, thanks. But no, you know, I need the summers off. And she was like, yeah, I get it. And then my supervisor came in. I mean, my boss, she came in and she said, well, um, I've been avoiding your room. And I'm like, why? She's like, because I'm sad. And then she told me, um, well, now is the time if you want to make demands about anything that you would um, like. And I'm like, well, I just don't want to be a teacher. And she in turn told me, well, I'm sorry, I simply don't believe that you're ready for a different position. <laughs> but like a week or two before, she was telling me that I should be leading teacher trainings. Uh, but she didn't think I was ready for a different position aside from being a teacher. 
And then I kind of felt like I needed to defend um, my wanting to grow within the organization. And that was very disheartening. Um, about a month or two before, some of my coworkers, they had left maybe in March. So maybe a month or so they left and they threw them a huge party and they made these huge um, handmade cards and they were beautiful. And I know because I signed these cards, I was sharing two of my coworkers the best and they threw a party and gave them food. And on my last day, I have four work aunties. Two of my work aunties gave me gifts. One of them gave me an awesome bag for my new journey. And another one gave me a beautiful turquoise bowl, which coincidentally um, matched the redecorating of my home I had did in turquoise. And everyone else didn't say anything. I didn't receive a party. I made my rounds. Everybody gave them a hug, told them it was nice uh, working with them. And when I got in my car, I cried because my feelings were hurt. They didn't do anything for me after being the top teacher in that organization for the last three years. They didn't do anything for me. They didn't give me a good bias and off or anything. They just didn't do anything. And at the end of the day, one of the co-workers said, oh, we thought you were bluffing. We thought you were pretending. I walked into another cl- um, classroom over a different um, co-worker to give them hugs. And I kind of kept them laughing and smirking that, about the fact that I didn't receive anything. And it's like, you know, God highlights certain things for you when he wants you to move. He makes you uncomfortable. He makes you feel undervalued and under unappreciated and he'll make you feel like you're working in a position all by yourself and he'll make you feel like you have no other choice but to leave and go forward and grow and since then i have been contacted um no kidding about four to five times from the organization offering me the position that I wanted initially before I turned in my resignation. And it's a little bit too late. And then to also learn recently that I was deserving of a raise, a bonus that everyone in the company got of like a little over $2,000 and they did not give it to me. And I'm angry because I know I earned it. And I'm hurt again because I'm being cheated again. And yet I'm not going to fight for it because, you know, my time there is done. There's nothing that can be said to convince me to go back. It is done. It is over. And I'm surprised that it ended the way that it ended because I admired those women. You know, I looked up to them highly. I felt like I could have learned from them. I felt like um, I could have grown for them. And they, they left me in limbo for years with the promise of a promotion and yet never granting me the promotion. And again, things like this have happened in um, my love life. Like, for instance, um, my last time I had relations, it was pretty anticlimactic. It's like... I didn't feel any type of connection. And at one point, I didn't even want him to physically 
touch me. You know, people rush the physical act. They don't slow down and anticipate and enjoy the glory of the moment, the feelings and sensation in the build. They just want to get straight to it. When um, you're younger and you're having sex, you you want to get to know the person. You want to try different things to see what works for them. And now everybody treats the act like it's a cookie cutter. Like everybody is the same. I don't want anybody in my life like that. I prefer not to do anything um, physical if it's going to come down to that. <sighs> you know, so many times in life you get let down thinking that it would be this. Like, for instance, you could go to a restaurant. You could hear have rave reviews. For instance, I just recently had some cheddar biscuits <laughs> from a seafood restaurant that everyone has been raving about for years. Me, personally, I have never been to the seafood restaurant because I have allergies. So I didn't um, just ever go to the restaurant because I didn't even want to put myself in a position where I could have a bad reaction or anything like that. So I haven't had the biscuits. And... When I finally got them, I was like, eh, everybody raved about them. Like, they were so delicious, and you can inhale them, and they were awesome and terrific. And it was a letdown, again, anticlimactic. Um, I guess that I, what we believe things will be doesn't always have to be like that. Like, people always think that the person they're married will be a certain way and fit all these criterias and more often than not people just settle to say that they were married to say that they got married um the least likely person you'll marry just because you're in union now i'm not saying that's for all marriage i'm just saying a lot of people get married for the simple fact of saying that they are married and I have yet to be married. However, I don't want to settle. I'd rather not do it and wish that I had done it than to do it and do it with the wrong person. Um, it's just not worth it. I remember, <laughs> this is crazy, but I remember um, someone had stolen one of my cars in like um, the early 2000s. And I was so hell-bent on getting me a shopping cart. <laughs> As crazy as that may sound, I wanted me a shopping cart. I felt like it was going to give me freedom and independence and my arms were not going to hurt. And I could go to the laundromat and the grocery store and it feel like the same as having a car. And when I got it, I hated it. It sucked. And my friend at the time, she laughed at me. She's like, girl, I told you, you were just all excited about getting in a shopping cart and... Uh, I have a shopping cart. It's not fun at all. She's like, when it's wet and it's raining and it's snowing, she's like, it's a huge inconvenience. She said, and it's hot. She's like, sometimes it breaks, but more often than not, it's a huge inconvenience. Going to the large rack, getting on the bus, pushing it up the street. She hated it. And I finally understood what she said when I got it, but it did offer me certain type of freedoms. You know, I could get more from the store as opposed to a couple bags um, of groceries. And <laughs> she told me, 
Ah, I, I just never understood. She's like, I just let you say what you wanted to say. And I knew that you would experience it when you got it. <laughs> and I did. And I did it. And it was not that fun. It was the total opposite. Totally anticlimactic. Um, you know how you say, oh, well, I'm a workout and I'm a jog. And you get in there, uh, you go outside to do these exercises and jog. And initially when you start you feel um, sick, you know, because you've been, if you have not been consistent with your workout plan, you can potentially feel sick. You can potentially feel nauseous. You may throw up, you know, if you're very um, unfit and unhealthy. You know, these are some of the things you're breathing hard, feeling like you're going to suffocate, like your lungs are going to bust and shit. <laughs> and you're like, this shit ain't worth it. And, you know, depending on how determined you are, it's, Things can easily deter you again. Anticlimactic, the complete opposite of what people make you feel like working out is about. Um, <laughs> but I was um, very hurt at these last two things. Um, like somebody begged for me, for my time and my attention to give them a second chance. At renewing a relationship with me and typically I don't renew relationships um, it's just not something I do I feel like um if we broke up and it didn't work out it just wasn't meant to I don't look back but this person was is very good at manipulating me and giving me a false sense of hope and making me believe that things will work out differently and there were other circumstances that were at play, so I'm figuring with those um, variables eliminated that things would change, and it's like, they didn't. It's like, why would you want a second chance to waste more of my energy and more of my time? And, like, for what? It's like you only use 50% of me up, and so you're not done until you feel like you need to use the complete 100% of me up. Like, what kind of sick twistedness is this? You know, people call it narcissism to say that um, they want to manipulate you and make you, you know, gaslight you and make you believe that things are what they are not. And it's like, how many times am I going to allow my head to get bumped into the wall before I finally sincerely understand that? There is nothing there but bricks there. There's there's nothing there. Nothing's going to change. It's going to give me a nod, maybe um, a gash. I might need some stitches as a result of giving my head bumped against a fake relationship wall. But yes, anticlimactic. I really, um, when you spend a lot of time with people in the workplace, you kind of look at them as like a surrogate family or a second family. Now, everyone in the workplace is not for you. They don't care for you. They might not even like you. And that happens. Sometimes we just don't like people just because whether they have offended us or not. I mean, you just don't like certain people's presence, their energies. You, you might not, not like their voice or their aura. It's, I mean, it's, who knows what it is you might not necessarily like about a person but that it is what it is but you'll find people in the workplace that you spend so much time with that you kind of gravitate towards them like um friends or family and it's disheartening when you realize and understand that that's what they were for you but you were never that for them and um 
that's happened to me repeatedly and as I evaluate a lot of the relationship, not that I'm a fucking martyr or some shit, but people were never to me what I was to them. Um, maybe it was shallow relationships, you know, in the shallow end of the pool, but for me, it was always deep diving. And that's how I look at most relationships. And it's really hard for me to disconnect myself and stand back and not be genuinely all in. I'm not really one of those people. But, yep, anticlimactic. And that is <clears throat> season one of Imperfectly Perfect Tweet for you. Um, looking forward to talking to you for season two. Thank you.